Let's pray. Father, thank you that today you are in such a good mood. We receive your goodness, God. We receive every ounce of goodness that comes from you. Oh, Father, we have the faith to believe it. We have the faith to receive it. And Father, I pray right now that every single person that is in this room or hearing the sound of my voice or watching me, Father, I pray that they would begin to experience the goodness of God. You are so good that even a sad news of death cannot disappoint you. You can turn any sad news into good news. And so, Father, I declare right now for every person that is going through a sad moment, a broken-hearted moment of their life, Father, I pray that right now, in this very moment, hearing the sound of my voice, that this resurrected son who can testify of your goodness, as they hear the sound of my voice, God, that every situation that is dead will come alive in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you love your people so much. Father, I thank you for every promise that you have given. Every word, every perfect divine seed that you have given to us, God. Father, we thank you that it is because of your love. And Father, every person who is here in this room, in this room today, God, whether they came out of their own will, whether they came because of religion, whether they came because they were dragged in or manipulated in or coerced into this room, we thank you that however they came, they're here. And we thank you that they are here and they will experience your love and your goodness today, God. We pray and I declare right now that every breakthrough that was meant for them next year will happen right now. Father, five years from now will happen now because we declare, God, that this year the future is here and now, God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's open up our Bibles. I have an excellent word today, by the way. I was absolutely blown away when God gave me this word. And I would love for you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We've, been, we've received some prophetic words last year that are pretty much out of this world. Because they came from heaven. A lot of the times when we receive prophetic words, it can cause us to work in order to receive those prophetic words. Do you understand? The ones who, who truly are in grace, who understand the grace of God, will understand that, that when you receive the prophetic word, it is your faith in God's faith that pulls the prophetic word into you because he's giving it to you. Do you understand? And when you receive that word, now the word in you will start making the word come to pass. Do you understand? If people receive the prophetic word and say, man, I need to fast more, I need to pray more, I need to, I need to, I need to read my Bible more, I need to go to church more, I need to worship, 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 worship. So the prophetic word can come. I want to tell you it will not happen like that. Because you are working for something that God wants to give you by himself. He wants to work out a breakthrough in your life. He wants to work out miracle signs and wonders in your life only to tell you that he's with you. Only to show you that he loves you. How many of you believe that God loves you in this place? That's amazing. So Hebrews chapter 10. And we'll read from verse 19. It says, therefore, brethren, it's talking about to sisters as well. Having boldness to enter 
the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God let us draw near say near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is let's read that again let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful the title of my message today is the sincere heart all right it says what it says let us draw near with a true heart that word true heart means a sincere heart have you heard, have you heard of a word called sincere God is saying that when you come to me, when you come into my presence, you've got to come with a sincere heart. But before I get into sincerity, let me tell you the context of what Paul is talking about. Somebody say context. It's very important. Context is very important for me to understand what God is trying to say. Okay? Many times people take verses out of context and completely create their own doctrine. Do you understand? Especially with Paul's letters, Apostle Paul over there, the new one. When he speaks in the future, people might take things out of context, right? And add their own pretext and subtext and create their own doctrine. But what's important is what, what is Paul really trying to say? Or what is the writer of Hebrews? Sorry, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, okay? What, what the writer of Hebrews is trying to say. The context is this. That God loves his people. And God wants to be with his people. God wants to be with you. And God loves you. And this is the context, okay? And God wants to bless you. Do you understand? God wants to be with you. God wants to love you. And God wants to really bless you beyond your imagination. That's what he wants to do. It's amazing, isn't it? That God wants to bless you beyond the, what you can handle. Yeah, you're getting there. You're getting there. See, you, you need to understand how the prophetic is. This is a prophetic church, which means every sentence that I say you can, is prophetic. And you can receive it as a blessing. Don't have, or not only testimonies. God's goodness is being revealed through every sentence that I release. That's why I'm waiting for you to receive it. So the context is God wants to be good to you. He wants to be with you. And he wants to show you and reveal his love to you. Okay? So God wants to be good to you. He wants to stay with you and be with you. And he wants to show his love to you. Are you okay? Okay. But he couldn't do it because man was defiled by sin. 
Why? Is because God is holy. Say holy. God doesn't act holy. God doesn't try. His, he, he, he doesn't try to say, okay, when I'm around these Christians, I need to be holy now. He doesn't do holy things, but he is holiness himself. And when God, when there's holiness in the room, because you are defiled, because people were defiled, he couldn't release blessings upon them. Do you understand? Please pay attention to this word today because it will change your life. Okay? It will change how you experience blessing. Because God has released promises that are really out there, man. Mantle of business, mantle of the supernatural, mantle of creativity. We will do things, mercy, glory, all of that stuff is happening. But if you don't know how to receive it, you don't know what to do with it, then you might miss out on what God is doing. And I don't want you to miss out. Okay? And so because of holiness in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, people, because of Adam and Eve, their sin infiltrated into the blood and their people's conscience was always telling them that they were sinners. Okay? And so now you have God who really wants to be with people. He really wants to bless them. He really wants to show them his love. He couldn't do it because of sin. Are you listening? And because man was defiled, he couldn't receive the blessing of God. Why? It's because when man sinned, their conscience would always tell God that man was guilty. So if you have thoughts of guilt, condemnation, you know, constantly feeling shame, bitterness, anger, all of that stuff, even you wake up in the morning and you feel like that, it's because your conscience is constantly talking. When the Bible talks about heart, he, the Bible doesn't talk about the organ. He's talking about your conscience. Are you listening? And so now when man's conscience before God was condemning man, God couldn't bless them. Why? It's because he's a just God. Do you understand how justice works? If you're, if you're not guilty, then you get blessed. But if you're guilty... How can I bless you? Do you understand? And so you, this is the context, okay? You need to get this. So God now wants to be with man. And because he wants to be with man, and man is so full of sin, that generation after generation, the consciousness of sin is increasing, and the more sin increases, the more faster man is dying. Listen to me very carefully. When God blesses you. He speaks a blessing over you. When God speaks a blessing over you, his word is eternal, which means your blessing that, that comes upon your life is an eternal blessing. I'm hoping that you get it, but God will only bless you in his presence. Oh. God will only bless you and speak a blessing over you in his presence. Have you ever heard of a blessing that a father gives a son when the son is not there? Son doesn't know what the father's blessing him with. So every time God wanted to be with man, he couldn't. Do you understand? Man wanted to be with God, but he couldn't. Why? It's because of the defilement of sin. 
See, Jesus, it was not yet time for Jesus to get manifested yet. So God sent a forerunner. God sent a, a, a sort of a mild foreshadow of Jesus. So God said, if you want, I want to bless you so much that out of my grace and my mercy for you, I will give you my standard of holiness. It's called the law. The law came as a foreshadow of Jesus to come. Please listen to me. This is proper theology. It's from the Bible. It came as a foreshadow because when man fulfilled the law, now they could get blessed. Do you understand? So the context of what the writer in, in Hebrews 10 is saying, that, that every time man would come to God to get blessed, he had to come with innocent blood. Why? Because sin, the consciousness of sin was in the blood. And so now he had to bring an innocent animal, an animal without spot or blemish, and he had to come and put his hands on the animal and confess his sin. He would confess his sin upon the animal. The animal would now take the, the sin of the, of the man or the woman, and now they would chop the head off, or cut the head off, I don't know, whatever whatever they did, and the blood would pour out with the sin of the man or the woman or the child and they would take it before God and in the presence of God, an innocent voice that took your sin would speak on your behalf. Do you understand? So which means now there's, an, there's innocence that is speaking on your behalf so God can bless you. Oh, come on. Do you understand? 2019, we've got to really understand this. That in order for you to experience the blessings of 2019, you've got to understand what a clean conscience is. You have to understand what a sincere conscience is before God. A clean conscience before God is a conscience that says that you are of Christ. Do you understand? A clean conscience would say that you are innocent. And so now we had generation after generation, and this is what the writer of Hebrews is saying, generation after generation, these guys were cutting animals and sacrificing and they were doing all of these kind of things, but these guys were not changing. Every year after year after year, they would sacrifice animals, but the problem was they would get blessed on the outside. They would receive the blessing of the Lord, but the problem was on the inside. On the inside, their conscience constantly told God that they were guilty. They were sinners. But on the outside, they would experience. And Abraham became rich and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Moses became rich and, and all, you know, they grew and they multiplied and their shoes grew with them and their clothes grew with them. And all of the stuff, their food fell from heaven and, wow, they and we think, whoa, we think that, that God was blessing Israel because of the, law and the covenants. But the problem was this, that on the inside, man was still dying. Now, listen to me very carefully. When God gives you a promise, it is eternal. Do you understand? When God spoke a word upon people, please listen to me, in the old covenant, when God spoke a promise over people, he said, you will be blessed going in and coming out. For example, People now would receive that blessing. It's an eternal blessing. But people were dying too young. 
I'm getting to something now. There ain't no grave. I'm getting to it. People, because of sin on the inside, were dying faster than the length of the blessing. Why? It's because God spoke a blessing. He is eternal. And because he is eternal, his blessings are eternal. And so now God doesn't like it that you are dying too early and you're not experiencing the eternal blessings by living a long life. Are you with me? Are you getting it? And so now these guys who were coming and cutting the goats and sacrificing and all the blood and, and all of that, they're receiving the eternal blessing, but they're not living long enough to enjoy it. And God has a problem with that. Because now he has to take the blessing that he gave you, and now he has to pass it to the next generation. Oh. You heard of generational blessings? It's because somebody died too young. Do you understand? God's desire when he gives you a promise is for you to enjoy that promise and enjoy it 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 for as long. His desire for you to live is greater than your desire to live. And so now... God, like, ah, how do I get this, this system out? How I'm blessing these people and they're coming every year and they're sacrificing. And, and they're, but but the, prop, the writer of the Hebrews 10 is saying that even though they sacrifice these animals every year, it could not perfect the one who came into the presence of God. Do you understand? This whole thing is about you entering into the presence of God. You would sacrifice, you would offer blood, and that blood would speak a better word on your behalf, and you would get into the presence. And when you get into the presence, there's nothing on the outside that is telling God that you're a sinner because the blood of the animal is on the external, but on the inside, your conscience is constantly telling God that you're a sinner. How many of you in this room? Now you're looking at me like, okay, it's back to me now. How many of you in this room, don't have to put your hand up, don't have to nudge someone, nothing, okay? Just, you know what I'm saying, because your conscience will testify of it. How many of you wake up guilty? How many of you wake up shamed, like feeling shamed about you, what you've done? You've lied, you've cheated, you've, you've slept around, you've done all that kind of stuff, and every day you wake up. You slept around last year, but now this year you, you said, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be holy, 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 but it still reminds you. You cheated somebody, you lied to your mother, your mother told don't eat the cookie from the cookie jar and you went and you ate it anyways because Christmas is here, was here and you did it and, and now you, nobody knows, mother doesn't know how many cookies were there. So now, but something on the inside of you is constantly telling you, you're guilty, you've sinned, you've sinned, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, shame on you. You deserve, you shouldn't be blessed. Listen, the devil doesn't need to do anything in this here. He doesn't even need to attack you. He just, he just stands and watches you self-destruct. 
you understand? The conscience is so powerful that every, listen to me very carefully, every thought that you entertain will either defile your conscience or cause your conscience to become evil or cause your conscience to become clean. Do you understand? He witnesses everything, every thought that you have. And you've sat, you had a fight with your wife before coming here. Maybe I need to go that side. <laughs> huh? Had an argument. Yesterday you had an argument with your bo boss. So. And, and now you're upset. And you gave your husband the silent treatment. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you gave your husband a silent treatment. And last night, he bought flowers and he did everything like that. And, and no, 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 I need to punish him. I punish him. No, but, but you're punishing him. But the problem is that your conscience is constantly telling you that he did wrong. She did wrong. Your boss gave somebody else a promotion. He did wrong because you got defiled. You understand? When you have that defilement and you stand in the presence of God, that defilement speaks louder Your silence just speaks. Do you understand? That, that thing on the inside is communicating to God, don't bless him, don't bless her, because he and she is guilty. Gossiped about the pastor, guilty. <laughs> Hellfire. <laughs> I'm still on the context. This is the context. You can't get into the presence, man. When somebody is telling you you're a sinner, you can't. You have no access. Do you understand? But God's desires for you. He wants to be with you. He wants to bless you. He wants to love you. He, wa he wants to do everything for you. But... So fast forward, thank God, fast forward. Old Testament, fast forward, fast forward. Fast forward to Jesus. Jesus comes on the scene. And Jesus now, who is God, the Bible says that, he, he's, in Hebrews 10, he says that, God, I thank you that you clothed me with the body. <sighs> Powerful. And he said, I will do what no man has done. I will lay down my life. I will shed my blood. And the blood of Jesus is eternal. Please pay attention to what I'm saying. His blood is as eternal as his voice. His blood is as eternal as his promises. And so Jesus now sheds his blood and the Bible says that he goes before God into the holiest of holies because he is holiness himself. He goes into the, the very presence of God with his blood that speaks a better word on behalf of you and for all mankind. He sheds his blood and he offers it to God. Now, every person who believes in Jesus, listen to me very carefully. You put your faith in Jesus. The Bible says that there's a new and a living way. Oh, come on. There's a new and a living way. The new way is this, that his blood cleanses your conscience and makes you white as snow. 
And his body, the flesh of Jesus, is the veil through which the veil was torn through which you go into the presence. Do you understand? The new and living way is the blood and the body of Jesus through which you enter into the presence of God. But here's the beauty in it. God made a way into the presence. He never made a way out. So if you believe in Jesus and you put your faith in him and you say, Jesus, you are my Lord, save me. His blood comes and his blood cleanses you, cleanses your conscience for eternity. Are you with me? Just remember, I'm talking about entering into the presence of God to receive a blessing. When you enter into the presence of God, you enter by faith. But the only channel through which you enter is not your works, it's his works. You enter by the blood and the body of Jesus. And when you enter into the, into the presence of God, now you stand there and your conscience has no voice. There's no condemnation. This is why Romans 8 comes into the picture. It says, therefore now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you understand? There's no condemnation now. This is why Jesus is very important. The blood of Jesus, the body of Jesus is very important for us. In 2019, you will understand the power of this. Every time I need to have an encounter with the realm of the spirit, into the realm of the spirit, Jesus takes me in. Do you understand? Not the presence of God because I'm always there. See, when you are in the presence of God, the voice that speaks to God is very important. Because that voice, he's the judge. He's a righteous judge and he decides over you. Do you understand? So now, this is the context in which now Paul is saying, let us draw near with a true heart, a sincere heart. Sincerity, the word sincere, means a person who has no pretense. As in, they don't pretend. Hmm. They don't pretend as in, when you're in the presence of God, you're not trying to be somebody else. Ah, oh, come on now. Are you getting it? To be, to have a sincere heart. You're not trying to be somebody else in the presence of God because God can see your heart. Right? I'll give you an example. You come to, you have a fight with somebody on the way here. And you come into church. And you believe that you're in the presence of God. We're all worshiping. We're all gathering around. We're singing, clapping, dancing. We're doing it all to God. Right? Say something if you agree with me. Yeah. Yeah. Say anything. It's fine. Say no also and I'll try and explain a little bit more. But you, you must understand that I'm trying to set you free today. God is looking at your heart, what, you, what your heart says in his presence. And you walk into this room and now you're worshiping and you're on the worship team and you're off the worship team and you're clapping, you're doing the slides, you're doing the sound, you're doing everything in church and you're, you're, you're coming here and you're in the presence of God and you're wondering why your life is not blessed. Man, I'm coming to church. I've always been in church. I was born in church. I think I'll die in church. I've done everything in the presence of God, but I don't feel like my life is being blessed. 
only because you're pretending to be a Christian. You're pretending to have a walk with God. You're pretending to be holier. Huh? You're pretending because you want to get blessed. You're saying amen because the pastor is looking at you now. And you have to say amen, otherwise he's going to call your name, right, Sean? <laughs> <I'm> just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. And so you, 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 we have pretense. And God is looking for people with sincere hearts. Who understand that when you got into the presence of God through the blood of Jesus, you have faith that the blood of Jesus has cleansed your conscience. It cleansed your conscience. It's appeased that voice that really communicates that you are guilty. You are, shame, you are shameful. You need to be punished. You, you are guilty of everything that you've done. Do you understand? The blood of Jesus has cleansed you. And it's only if you put your faith in Jesus that his blood has the power to cleanse you. Let me tell you something. I, um, I spoke to a guy one day who was about to go for an interview. And, and uh, before he went for the interview, he called me and uh, he said, Pastor, you know, I'm just going for this interview uh, and I really need this job. Are you listening? Yeah. Right? Uh, and I told him, about when you go for this interview, before you get in, make sure that your conscience is clean. Do you understand? Make sure that your conscience is clean towards God, towards yourself, towards people around you. Forgive who you need to forgive. Bless who you need to bless. Release who you need to release. Because a clean conscience in a moment like that will determine whether you get blessed or not. Whether you have a job or not. Do you understand? When you need that promotion and you're sitting down and, and they're grading you according to how you behaved. In the, how you performed during the year. They're sitting there and trust me, your conscience is communicating to them. You would have done everything right, but you still don't get the promotion. Oh, come on now. And you're, and you're wondering, why, 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 but, but, but why? But why? It's because a guilty conscience, you've not repented of a guilty conscience. You've not repented of sin that you did five years ago that came up and it's constantly telling that you're guilty. Do you understand? Every time some, something from the past comes into your mind, you must use it as an opportunity to confess it before God. I'll tell you the reason why. If Jesus says, Jesus says this, unless you repent, unless you repent, you will perish. He says, unless you repent. What is repent? Repent means to change the way you think. Unless you change the way you think about yourself and God and your relationship with him, your body will perish. Oh, come on. If your body perishes, the blessing of God will move from you to somebody else. I think I'm preaching to the right people, I think. It's needed. It's much needed today. See, we, we got prophetic words that we received. Wow, prophetic. Wow, party dance did all of that kind of stuff. But you walked out of this room with a guilty conscience because you looked at somebody dancing in the wrong way. <laughs> Laughing, huh? So it's true. No, no, not you. <laughs> huh? you. You went home and husband and wife were talking. Oh, you saw that guy dancing? 
you saw how she was shaking like that? Man, she must be like, you know, I think the dance was very, very worldly, you know. She must be still unrenewed, you know, her mind must be, his mind must be unrenewed. Still, I used to have people, I used to sit around people in the old days that used to have stupid conversations like this. That their dance steps were too, listen, I come from a very traditional background. Their dance steps, if it was not like the church dance steps, if it's like you were from the movie or something like that, it means that you are not yet, you know, you're still a baby Christian and, and you're still secular and you're still worldly. You understand? But the problem with that stupid mindset is that your conscience is defiled just by what you saw. And you allowed your conscience to be defiled by something that happened in the room. Something that somebody did, somebody said something, it caused your conscience to get defiled. And now you keep talking about it over and over again and the defilement becomes a sear. The, uh, your conscience gets seared and now for the rest of your life, it tells you you're, sh you're guilty. It tells you you're, you have an evil conscience and you wonder why you sit amongst good people and you don't have good thoughts about them. <laughs> you can only think bad things. And, and, and it's like, oh, it can never be optimistic. Only pessimistic. All the time. Negative. Like you can't say somebody has done something good. Because if you say something has done, somebody has done something good, it means that, oh, no, no. <laughs> you know, I used to hear this a lot in, in my life. I, I, you know, don't give him any compliments because his head will become very big. You understand? Because of that, my head became big. Because I grew up, man. Right? It would be funny if I had a big body and a small head. You know? I grew up and, and God is using me to do greater things than what these people ever spoke about. You understand? See, people who, who are pessimistic will always be negative. They're negative because their conscience is condemning them. Now everybody's going to be like, ah, negative, you're saying negative about that person, huh? Conscience, clean your conscience. I, I give you permission to do it. Yeah, please, please, please. Pastor's not there all the time. If somebody is speaking negative about another person, check them because you're saving them. Because what's happening is if you allow a, your conscience that is defiled on the inside, it corrupts your body and you end up dying faster. Do you understand? Your, the blessing of God is over your life. It will never lift off because it's eternal forever. But you might lose out. Do you understand? God wants you to live. He wants you to live a long life. I'm not just saying this in the spirit, okay? This is not a spirit thing. Jesus says, unless you repent, you will perish. He's talking about the body that will perish. You know, Chaco bought a G55. What a blessing, right? It would be awesome 
for Chaco to enjoy that car for the rest of his life. I'm just, I'm just giving an example, right? You don't have to, Baba, but I'm just saying. It's a phenomenal engine. It's a well-set engine, well-set car. It can last you. You can give it to your son as an inheritance. I'm just telling you. I'm just giving you an example. But if we were to leave the earth too quickly, what's going to happen to that blessing? Hmm? Please listen to me very carefully. You must choose to live. Because it's God's desire for you to live so that you can enjoy his blessings for as long as possible. Do you understand? And so now the context in which Paul is saying come into the presence of God is because God will only bless you in his presence. He will bless you on the external, but on the internal, he also wants you to live. And the only way that you will live is if your mind is renewed, your conscience, your soul is washed by the blood of Jesus and you are living in the presence of God. Do you understand? Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you sure? Good. Now since you understand, let's read this verse again. Verse 22. Let us... Draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled for men. That's very quiet. From men and our bodies. You see that? There's a conscience there and the body also. When, when it says pure water, he says, I will wash you with my word. There's another verse that talks about it he said I will wash you with my word which is the flesh okay so he's talking about the blood and the body and then he says verse 22 23 let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful you know um, a sincere heart before God is a, is a heart that makes a bold declaration in the presence of God. How many of you know that today, because of the blood of Jesus, you are in the presence of God? Put your hand up. Yeah. You are in the presence of God, and Jesus never made a way out of the presence. Do you understand? So which means you are now, all the time, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, you are? Say, in the presence. I am in the presence. Say it. I am in the presence. Say it again. I am in the presence. Okay? So now, we, we are in the presence of God, and now what matters is very important. Because you're in the presence, Jesus, you can live long. Do you understand? Please listen to me very carefully. You can live long. You know why? Because there's no sin that causes you death. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Unconfessed sin will cause you to corrupt. Please listen to me. You might say, well, I don't know. Man, uh, Jesus cleansed me of all my sin and all that kind of stuff. But while you're a Christian, he the Holy Spirit reminds you, you know what you did over there? 
You remember that thing when you did, you were 10 years old? Do you remember that? Thoughts come about, things that you did, but, but Lord, I confessed my sin. No, he's trying to tell you that your conscience is seared. You, your soul is washed complete, completely by the blood of Jesus, but your conscience is constantly still reminding you. And as he reminds you now, the blessing of God cannot fulfill. If, if the blessing of God is not over you, you're heading in a direction called the death. Do you understand what I'm saying? It might sound like the law, but trust me, this is grace. This is grace. You need to understand that everything that you do, every thought that you have has a consequence. That's why the Bible says, submit every thought Every imagination, every deed of the mind submitted to the feet of Jesus. He says, take every thought captive. How many thoughts do you have a day? The Bible says, take every thought captive. So some, some thoughts you may not take captive. They sit in you and they produce certain things. You might walk driving down the, driving down the street. Somebody cuts you on the road and you might say, what, what an idiot. You know what I mean? You've condemned somebody. When you've condemned somebody, your conscience got seared. You might think it's just, oh, it's just okay. It's just, you know, it's just, uh, it's okay, man. You know, just walk, drive like that. But the problem is, it, it, it's, it begins to now, on the inside of you, tell you that you are guilty. It tells God that you are guilty. And the blessing of your life now begins to, you begin to separate yourself from the blessing because your conscience is condemning you. Do you understand? And so now, Paul is saying that in order for us to be blessed in 2019, we have to, the writer of Hebrews is saying, that we need to wash our conscience completely and our bodies with pure water in order for us to hold fast the confession of our faith. We think that faith... It's just a decision. It's not. Faith is birthed in a sincere heart. A sincere heart that is standing before the presence of God, knowing that the blood of Jesus has cleansed it. Do you understand? I, have a, I make a bold demonstration of my faith in God when I agree that the blood of Jesus has cleansed me of all unrighteousness. I'm standing before God and there is no voice now that says I'm guilty. When I am making this bold declaration, it's faith in Jesus that now I am completely justified, which means... I stand before God just as if I've never sinned before. How many of you would say that you come into church and you, the first song is a confession song? Yeah. Father, I confess my sin before you, God. I don't want to come into your presence without confessing my sin. Your silence really tells me that that's exactly what you're doing. And you're, you're confessing your sin into into the presence of God. What are you doing? Have you heard of this statement that said, oh, you know, give a sacrifice of praise, brother. And so now everybody's coming to church and all are giving sacrifices. <laughs> Why is because, man, I, I want to get blessed. I want God to bless me today. I need a miracle. I need a breakthrough in my life. So I need to praise. It should cost me something to praise God. So if I'm having pain in my leg, 
I want to tell you that you've gone back into the old covenant of doing things. I want to tell you, it shouldn't be a sacrifice. It shouldn't cost you something. You know why? Because it costed Jesus everything. It costed Jesus everything. And because it costed Jesus everything, I don't have to sacrifice anymore, but I sacrifice because I have. I don't sacrifice to get, but I sacrifice because I have everything. It's because I have everything, I can put now money in the, in the box. Because I know that my blessing is not temporary, my blessing is eternal. Because my blessing is eternal, now I can give, I can love, I can serve till my bones fall off. I can do everything that God wants me to do because my blessing is in abundance. And I know that my life is not going to end quickly. My life is going to go on and on and on. And the blessing is going to go on and on and on. And so because of that, I can give. I can love. I can serve. I can work. I can, there is no retirement. There is no retirement. I'm, I'm prophesying over you. No retirement. You can, never, you can never retire a blessing. If you can't retire a blessing, you cannot retire. See, God really wants to teach his church something that we've lost for so many years. This is 2019. This is the revelation. It's heavy, but we got to get it. I can't come into the presence of God sacrificing my way in. Bringing the animal, chopping it and bringing blood. Jesus, and bring the blood of the animal. And the blood of the animal is speaking a better word. Oh, wow, man, I got a miracle. My headache left. And we think that, whoa. Listen, if God does something, Anything that God does, it's eternal. Did your headache come back again? Huh? <laughs> Please listen to me. When God does something, when Jesus paid the price on the cross 2,000 years ago, sickness, sin, disease, everything was wiped off. The reason why it comes back is because that conscience tells you. Oh, you remember you had a headache? Oh, you remember? Man, you need to sacrifice again. You need to fast. You need to pray more, brother. You need to read your Bible more. You know why? Because you are trying to appease for your own sin. And Jesus has paid the price for it. This will help husbands and wives a lot. A lot. Because we, we make each other appease for their sins. We treat each other in such a way that causes them to change their behavior. So that we can feel happy. And we, we, have a, we think that we, wow, this is, I need to change him. I need to change him. Let me tell you, behavior modification doesn't work. Repentance works. Jesus did not come. We come into the presence of God and we make excuses. God, you know, I came late today because, you know, of this and my tire was this and, and all of that kind of, I couldn't serve today. I couldn't give today. I, I don't have any of this. I don't. We come and give excuses. I want to tell you, God does not forgive excuses. God forgives repentance of sins. Do you understand? He doesn't forgive excuses because excuses to him are excuses. He forgives a person who repents of their sin. Yes. 
He repent when you repent when you change the way you think about what your the choices that you're making in your life when you change and your your conscience gets clean and now God forgives. God has mercy. He forgives. Please I I'm 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 staying on this because I need you to get this. How many of you understand what I'm saying? It's a majority of you. Are you sure you understand what I'm saying? We are we're in the new covenant today. But we act with God. We act like we're in the old covenant. We act like Israel. We try to we try to appease for our own sin. Why? It's because God, you know, the, the God's law. Jesus fulfilled the law. There is no more law for us. Do you understand? We try to serve in church because we sinned. We try to give because Yeah, we're trying to bring that animal, spotless animal before God, that offering before God. And the problem with that is God will bless you. But the problem is that would you live long enough to enjoy that blessing? And Jesus walks up on the scene and he says, man, I shed my blood for you, for eternity. Your conscience, when you repent of, your, of a mindset that you have, the blood of Jesus cleanses you now and you begin to experience a realm of blessing that you've never experienced before. I want to tell you repentance is a very powerful thing. If you don't repent, you will perish. If you don't repent, you will perish. People must be thinking, wow, this is I came here today to not experience the law, brother. Let me tell you something. This is grace. You will understand today why Christians die early. It's because God's promise for every single child is that they would live. He says, I came to give you life. I came to give you life and life in its abundance. So which means God's desire for you is eternal. God's blessing for you for, to live is eternal in the flesh. But you choose to die early. Only because of an unrepentant mindset. I'm telling you, when I, when I understood this principle, I would even, my wife would check me, okay? If I get a phone call from somebody, okay? Listen, this is how, how Kelsey and I live our life. If I get a phone call from somebody, I'm like, oh, just that. If I make a face at my phone as to who's calling me, Kelsey would be like, hey, check your conscience. Because God is using that opportunity now to reveal that you have something against that person. Do you understand? We've got to live like that. Because man, I'm telling you, Kelsey and I, we're going to live. We're going to live a long, very long life. Very long life. We're going to enjoy every blessing that God has for us. I'm not going to wait for my children's children to be blessed. I'm, we are the ones who need to be blessed. 
But when you're in his presence, when you know that your conscience is clean, listen to me very carefully. What do you do then? When you're in the presence of God, a sincere heart gives you the boldness, gives you the boldness to stand before God as if you've never sinned. You look him in the face and as if you have never ever sinned. You stand there the same way Jesus stands. You stand there the same way that Jesus stands. You can now hold your hand out and say, God, bless me. God, I'm ready for your blessing. I'm ready to experience 2019. Every promise that you gave. God, see, a sincere heart, a heart that is clean before God is not a condemned heart, but a heart that says, I'm clean before God. Now, everything that you ever wanted from me, I'm it. Do you understand? Everything that God ever expects from you, you are clean. You stand before God holy, blameless, righteous, just as if you've never sinned before. Now, because you understand that, he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. A sincere heart puts their faith in God's faithfulness. We don't put our faith in the circumstance around us. We don't put our faith in, 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 in what man can do for us. We put our faith in the presence of God. Please listen to me. In the presence of God, I put my faith in his ability. I put my, my, my hope, I put my trust, I put my belief in God's ability to fulfill his promise. See, if we have received promises like, wow, the business mental is on our church. Listen, in the last week, I've had conversations with six people from this church who have started businesses. Do you understand? Six people who, who want to start businesses or have already started businesses. They have taken on the word. You know why? Because they believe they're sinless. They believe they're righteous. You know, I'm telling you when, you, when you believe that you are sinless and you, are, you have no sin in you, now you're demonstrating from a sincere heart, you are demonstrating a gratefulness and a faith in what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Do you understand? You are, you are now demonstrating to God that I believe Jesus. If you still believe you're a sinner, you're demonstrating that your sacrifice has brought you into the presence. But if you believe that you are sinless, now you're demonstrating a faith that only Jesus' blood can give you. Jesus cleanses you and now the faith from a sincere heart stands before God and says, I'm not pretending to be a Christian. I'm not pretending to be somebody else who's holy. I'm not pretending to, have a, to feel horrible on the inside and pretend to be holy. I, uh, people in church do this all the time. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. Really? You're good? Yeah. Five minutes later, please pray for me. Because I'm not having a good time at work. So then why did you pretend? Do you understand? Why did you pretend? 
in the first place. So if you're good, okay, bye. No need for prayer. Walk away. But if you understand that, hey, I'm having a tough time at work, can you please pray for me? This is affecting my conscience. We deal with the conscience. We don't need to pray. We just deal with the conscience, man. Every time I deal with the conscience, now automatically the blessing comes on me. Do you understand? We've received prophetic words that are over our lives, but we will not, some of us may not encounter it because of a conscience. That the minute the conscience is clean, now I get in. Do you understand? I start experiencing all the prophetic words that, are, that has been released over my life. I start experiencing it. Why? It's because I'm sinless. I have a sincere heart before God. It's, huh? You're not guilty. The minute you are not guilty, some of you feel guilty because you didn't come to church for so long. And you're, you didn't want to call or come because the pastor might see me. Oh, some of you run before the service gets over because you don't want the pastor to ask. Next week, I'll talk to him. Next week. See, that's all guilty conscience. And we wonder why we're not blessed. Try to avoid the pastor by hanging out at the back. <laughs> Please listen to me. This is robbing you of your blessing. These are the little foxes that are killing you and your blessing. They're robbing you of experiencing the goodness of God. The little thing. I'm not even talking about pornography and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about what we do in church. The little, the little things. They rob us, man. And God gave us this word to set us up for success in 2019. You know, we have some, some of the prophetic words that we've received is so out of this world that, that you need or you can only have faith and a sincere heart before God that says, God, the reason why you gave me these words is because you trust my heart. You trust my heart. My heart is sincere. I stand before you blameless and holy. If I've done something wrong, tell me, God. Tell me. Somebody comes to me and says, hey, you did something wrong. Yeah, man, sure. I repent of it. Don't fight people. Don't try to justify yourself by making excuses. If you, somebody comes to you and says, man, I think you, when you said this, 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 you demonstrated a heart that is prideful. Maybe you need to Fix it. Don't say, oh, no, 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 no. That's not me, brother. I, I would never do something like that. No. They bring up a, acknowledge it. Don't have to repent to them. Go before God and say, God, I open my heart before you. God, my heart. You're in the presence of God. He knows your heart. You say, God, my heart before I open it. And Lord, I have been prideful. See, the root of pride is fear. The root of pride is fear. Because you're fearful, that's why you act proud. You don't want anybody to come close to you. People who, people who, who, who offend, who hurt other people actually hurt on the inside. People who gossip have been gossiped about. You understand? You see how it spreads. And this, this rob, these are the little things that rob us from the blessing that God has for our lives. Are you okay?
2019, we have a we have a responsibility as this church. I'm speaking now to you and the realm of the spirit. We have a responsibility to this city, to this nation, and to the world. Our choices that we make now, the messages that we preach from this pulpit will define, it will change the course of human history. Do you understand? Maybe you don't. But that's okay. God will send people to this church who will fully understand what I'm talking about. If you don't get it, that's okay. He's compassionate with you. By the time you wake up, half of the people will wa be walking in such blessing that you'll be wondering, where was I? Why, how come I feel left out? Why am I not being blessed? Nobody loves me. No, no, everybody loves you, but everybody's moving on. Do you understand? While you're in the presence of God, you're also on the earth. Do you understand? While you're in the presence of God, you are on the earth. You're a dimensional being. Just remember, I'm talking to the realm of the spirit now. Okay? We are dimensional beings who, because I have to open up the spirit of revelation over you. We are dimensional beings and while we are on the earth, we are also in heaven before God. And while we are in heaven before God, we have a responsibility to the earth. And while we have a responsibility to the earth, there's something that God has said that he trusts you to be a conduit on the earth. We cannot bring transformation on the earth if we don't hear transformation in the presence of God. We cannot, we cannot bring transformation in our lives if we don't believe the truth of God's word that transforms our mind. So, because we are dimensional beings, God has placed you on the planet for such a time as this. There is nobody else on the planet that he trusts more than Life Church Global. Please listen to me, listen to me. You have to understand that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you are in the presence of God. And a sincere heart will always remind you that you are in the presence. Conduct yourself like a son because you're in the presence of God. And so now, because you have a purpose on the earth, God has sent you with words. He's given you promises. And now you have those promises and you are on the earth. And he expects you to do something about it. Do you understand? He expects you to do something about it. When God created the planets, when God, did, when God created all of creation, he never came into the earth and he formed it. He spoke it into existence. Are they still here? So which means he spoke something into nothing and he formed something out of nothing. Do you understand? And so when we are in the presence of God, we need to understand how God functions. When we're in his presence, we cannot function outside of his unction. 
Just don't worry about it. I'm talking to the realm of the spirit. And when we function according to his unction, now with a sincere heart, we begin to carry the authority of heaven over our lives. So which means that, that as he speaks, if I speak now, I create something out of nothing. When God created something, he created something out of nothing. December 2018, we came before God and we offered him 2019, which was nothing. Yeah. We sat before God and we said, God, I don't know what 2019 has in store. It is blank for me. And just like you spoke into existence, now speak. And because he spoke in the presence, he didn't speak here on the earth. You have a responsibility. Let me give you an example. Jesus, while he was with his disciples, uh, this is in Matthew and even in, in Mark. I think it's Mark 6 or 7. He goes into the temple and he cleanses the temple. Everything is prophetic. Just remember, everything is prophetic. He goes into the temple, he cleans it out, and he says, this is my father's house, and this house will be a house of prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is a conversation. It's in the presence of God that you have conversation. So in the father's house, you have conversation with the father. In the temple, the temple has to be cleansed. Do you understand? Huh? Your conscience has to be clean. He says, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. In this temple, you cannot buy and sell anything of this world. It has to be pure. Do you understand? And so now, Jesus, is, he cleans the temple and he comes out of the temple and he, he's walking now and he's hungry. Do you understand? He's hungry and he looks at a fig tree from afar. And he sees the fig tree with leaves. And he thinks to himself, there must be fruit on that tree. I'm getting to something. There must be fruit on that tree. So he goes to the tree and he doesn't find any fruit. And he says, no one will eat of this tree ever. And, the, and Matthew says that from that very instant, the roots dried up. The tree started drying up from the roots. I'm, I want to tell you, it's the power of hold fast your confession. I want to tell you something, that when you have a pure heart, a, a, a sincere heart before God, you watch your words. You, if you say something, you carry the authority of life and death. Jesus tells this tree, no one will eat of it. You know why? Because it was created to do something. It wasn't doing it. Do you understand? He created a fig tree, 10 months out of 12 months in the year, would produce some sort of fruit. And when the, 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 the type of tree is that it, it buds the fruit and the leaves bud together. So a sign of fruit on the tree is leaves. And Jesus looks at the leaves on the tree and he says, there must be fruit on this tree. Why? It's because I created that tree to do that. And so he walks up to the tree and because it did not create, it did not do 
what was meant to do. Why? Is because it was defiled by Adam's sin. Come on. It was defiled by Adam's sin, so Jesus couldn't bless it. He couldn't bless it, so he says no one will eat of this fruit. And because he says no one will eat of the fruit, Justin understands something. The purpose of the root is to produce fruit. That root doesn't exist if fruit doesn't need to happen. That tree doesn't need to grow if the desire of the seed is to produce fruit. And so Jesus doesn't only do for fruit, so he dies from the root. What's he trying to say? Don't go killing trees. That's not what he's trying to say. What he's trying to say is when you have a sincere heart, there is a power for you to create something out of nothing. Two thousand nineteen. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but you can create it. You can create it. You know why? Because the world has been defiled by sin. The tomorrow has been defiled by sin, but you can create it by speaking life. By speaking life, you can take the same eternal blessing that you heard. Last week. Huh? You can take that same blessing that you heard. Those nine blessings that you heard. Those nine promises that you inherited. Those nine seeds that you inherited. The purpose of the seed is to bear fruit. So God's interested now with his sons and daughters. Are you going to produce fruit? You can't produce fruit if your conscience condemns you. To be able to be blessed, you need a clean conscience. To be able to bless, you need a clean conscience. To be blessed, you need a clean conscience. To experience the blessing, you need a clean conscience. You need a sincere heart. But in order to bless... To give life. You need a clean conscience. 